Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. Whether you are a student prepping for tests and boards or a CRNA here to earn CEUs, we are glad you've joined us. For more about us, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Core Anesthesia and online at coreanesthesia.com. Welcome to the Core Anesthesia Podcast. I'm Sachi. And I'm Rhea. Together in this care plan series, we're diving into the intricate world of anesthesia, tackling those tough cases that keep you on your toes in the operating room. As experienced CRNAs with a passion for teaching and mentoring, we're here to break down the complexities of challenging procedures, giving you the need-to-know information. Each episode, we dissect specific cases, exploring anesthesia techniques, case considerations, pharmacology, and much more. We've teamed up with Cole and Tanner for these care plan episodes to share our expertise and insights. So whether you're a student aiming to build a strong foundation or a professional seeking advanced insights, join us as we navigate the intricacies of anesthesia practice. So welcome to another care plan episode where today we're going to be discussing robotic radical cystectomy. So this procedure is usually indicated for types of bladder tumors. A radical cystectomy is when the entire bladder is removed, plus nearby structures that may contain some cancer, versus simple, which is just the bladder itself. A radical cystectomy also involves creating a urinary diversion since the bladder is removed during the procedure. This urinary diversion involves using parts of the intestine to allow urine to pass from the kidneys to an ileal conduit or a neobladder. This can be done laparoscopically, robotically, or open. And today we're going to be focusing on the open approach. So this procedure, this open radical cystectomy, is typically done under general anesthesia. We can also do an epidural as well for intraoperative and postoperative pain control. This is going to be a longer case, four to five hours. So using that epidural intraoperatively can really cut down on your intraop narcotic use as well. Enhanced recovery after surgery or ARIS is popular. Um, You definitely want to keep these patients relaxed as well because this is going to be an open procedure. So preoperatively, by the time these patients come to see us in the operating room for this open radical cystectomy, they're not healthy. These patients probably receive some chemotherapy. They could be uh, immunocompromised. This also increases their risk for thromboembolic events. They tend to be anemic as a result of the bone marrow suppression from chemotherapy. So, you know, they might be starting off at seven or eight or, you know, mid eight for their hemoglobin. So you're probably going to want to type in screen or even a cross match, depending on that starting hemoglobin and coax, especially if you're doing an epidural, you're already going to be checking those coags and the platelet count. Typically platelets 80 or above is safe for neuraxial. The threshold depends on each individual patient and situation. Also, another thing to consider preoperatively is these patients sometimes have taken a bowel prep the night before. This is really surgeon dependent. So sometimes these patients may be pretty dry, um, but you know, we don't want to fluid overload them. This is a fine balance, especially if we're giving them too much fluid. This can cause problems with the bowel anastomosis, especially if they're using the intestines to create a urinary diversion. Awesome. So those were the types of preoperative considerations. Once we get to the operating room, what are some things that we want to do as far as monitors, devices, IV access, and positioning for this type of procedure? Mm-hmm. Typically, you know, we don't necessarily need an A-line unless your patient has a pretty significant cardiac history 
or if you're going to be anticipating frequent blood draws intraoperatively. Blood loss can be, you know, up up to a couple hundred mLs to a liter. And this really just varies with what structures are involved, especially if you're doing a radical cystectomy and, you know, you have tumor attached to surrounding structures can make it pretty difficult. So you really have to communicate with the surgeon to see how uh, challenging they anticipate this procedure to be and how much blood loss they're expecting. But as far as IV access goes, two large bore IVs, um, is good, especially if, you know, the arms are going to be tucked. You want to make sure you put that extension. Um, so you have access to that second IV, making sure the IV is still dripping when the arms get tucked. And as far as positioning goes, these patients are typically supine, um, sometimes lithotomy for females. Um, and if you're doing a robotic cystectomy, then you'll have a steep Trendelenburg. You want to be sure you have that second IV protecting the patient's face, cognizant of the hemodynamic and ventilatory effects of those position changes. But typically for these uh, open procedures, you're going to be supine. Yeah. I remember doing a couple of radical cystectomies where, you know, in that area, there's a lot of really, really major blood vessels in that area. So there have been times where the surgeon has nicked those blood vessels, especially the Mm -hmm. iliacs, and then you're having massive blood loss unexpectedly. So I always make sure for these cases that my type and cross is done and I have that blood available in case that happens. You just never know. Mm -hmm. It's better to have it and not need it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So what what other types of anesthetic considerations do we want for this type of procedure? So being that we're operating, you know, on the, the bowel, if we're doing, uh, using the bowel for part of the diversion is we want to try to minimize opioids the best that we can. Uh, you know, post-operative ileus is a big concern that can cause a lot of problems for our patients, uh, prolonging their stay. So minimizing opioids is always something that we would want to try to do preventing RPONB. Multimodal anesthesia is common. Using our adjunct medications um, like Ofremev and Tordal, if appropriate. Um, you know, Also making sure we're keeping a very close eye on blood loss, like you just mentioned, uh, and mm-hmm. transfusing if needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a tricky case too with fl- just fluid management. You had mentioned this earlier where you don't want to give too much fluid in the beginning because you don't want that edematous bowel to interfere with the anastomosis. But at the end of the case, then you you're kind of catching up a little bit to make sure that your information is going through this new um, ileal conduit after the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it really also is important to note if the patient did have that bowel prep or not, because it's mm-hmm. not, it's not every single patient that has that bowel prep. So that's mm-hmm. definitely something to ask about uh, preoperatively as well. And yeah. postoperatively, we do have a couple of considerations. Um, I mentioned the postoperative ileus being a big one and anything that will limit our return of bowel function. That's one of the biggest things that surgeons are concerned about. Um, and of course, we definitely need to be monitoring for postoperative bleeding as per usual. But mm-hmm. overall, these are these can be big cases, and you're right. We can have really substantial blood loss very quickly, and it's really important to make sure that we're prepared with our IVs, all of our labs drawn, and just really making sure that we're preventing our postoperative nausea and making sure these patients are comfortable mm-hmm. uh, when they are waking up. Are you seeing any tap blocks being performed for cases when you do these types of cases? Because it is a pretty you know, big abdominal incision. I would imagine that this would be a good, you know, regional technique for this. 
Yeah, definitely. We can do tap blocks for these procedures. Um, we can do epidurals. So definitely utilizing uh, those regional techniques is it's going to help tremendously. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love these cases. I like these open bowel, open bowel, open abdomen cases. They're really fun. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, that's pretty much all we have today for this case. We will see you on another CarePlan episode. Thank you.